Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Y'all sleepy? Hallelujah. <laughs> um, let's continue to keep all of our folks who are away uh, for spring break lifted up in prayers that all goes well with them. Glad to see everybody here in the house of the Lord this morning. Um, let all the talented people make some noise. Yeah, and if you're in the chat, you can put some fire in the chat. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus is the one telling this story called a parable that we are about to read in Matthew 25. The story is often called the parable of the talents. A parable is a story that casts a truth alongside it. If you've been here any length of time, then you know, because we've discussed all those different reasons that Jesus would give parables in certain, certain situations. Sometimes he wanted only a specific people to know what was going on. Sometimes he didn't, so on and so forth. But I pray that we catch his heart behind these words and this parable. I pray we catch his, somebody say compassion, compassion. and his holiness. Yeah. Let's, let's read it together and be ready to kind of help me out. We're going to read from the ESV, Matthew 25, 14 through 30. For those of you who are using paper Bibles, I think I heard somebody turning some pages. Jesus said in this story, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one, he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each how? According to his ability. How? Yeah, there's so much in here I want to share this morning. So I'm trying to get it in there by making sure you say certain phrases so that I don't feel obligated to teach it this morning. That's a good preacher trick. One more time. How? Pastor Mia just repeated how right after me. <laughs> Uh, what, that birthday is catching up with you, girl. <laughs> to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once. How? Right. How? At once. How? Now somebody say it like you got some got something in your belly. How? Yeah. At once. You feel that, Shamil? Okay. And traded with them. And he made five talents more. So also, he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, 
I have made five talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked or wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want to use as a title today, use it or lose it. Use it or lose it. You can help me out. Somebody say use it or lose it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at the person on the right hand side. Tell them use it or lose it. Yeah, and then go to the other side and tell them, use it or lose it. Use it or lose it. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, help us to see you right. Amen. Let's get clear about something before we move any further. So when your Bible refers to talent, and I like the ESV for this reason, you might have already caught it. Like in the scripture we just read, it's dealing with money. Okay. Uh, just real quick so you know, this, this is a good approximation, but this is, I, I like this approximation. Let's look at what a talent is in terms of money here. One talent equals 600,000, two talents equals 1.2 million, five talents equals 3 million. Oh, y'all gave the right response. That's a lot. That's a lot. Oh, you guys are helping me preach this morning because Jesus is telling us already 
that what he has given us is a lot. That's what he's telling us. What he has given you is a lot. It is a lot. For our purpose today, we're approaching the text from, the, from our understanding of the word talent. Uh, meaning natural aptitude, ability, and skill. That's how we're using it. Throughout your Bible and your New Testament, when you are seeing Jesus talk about a parable or a certain, certain aspect of what he's looking for, these three words and concepts tend to come up. The word steward, the word faithful, and the word manage. The word steward, the word faithful, and the word manage. I have a card for you. Where in this, seeing this usage, the idea is to protect and expand the assets of another on his behalf. This idea, (laughs) it's all over the place. In your Bible, you see steward, you see management, you see faithful. It's carrying with it the understanding, the definition that we are to protect and expand what's been entrusted to us. You kind of have to know that. Because if you read this story or this parable out of context, you're going to read it and say, nowhere in this whole story does Jesus explicitly tell these people to do this. Nowhere does he explicitly do it. But with his heart, which is key, (laughs) which is key, The instruction is there. So I'm here today for talented people who might be a little off track. Talented people who might not know where your talent comes from. I'm here today for talented people who God wants to use and God wants to bless in this end time. Mm. Mm -hmm. When you put your money in a bank, you want the bank to steward it. You expect that bank to protect and expand your money. When God gave you your talents, he has expected that you and I would protect what he's given us and expand it. I see some of you nodding. The reason why some of you are nodding is you say, well, duh, but I want to tell you that there are a bajillion people in the world who did not grow up with this understanding at all. And they're right here in the room and this is hitting them a certain way. It's making him feel uncomfortable. Like, wait, what? He wants me to grow what he's given me? What? I didn't grow up in a home or in a family where they said that this was what you were supposed to do in the name of the Lord. I didn't grow up in an environment where they taught me how to do this, how to make more of what God had given me. I grew up in a home where they said, all you have to do is make sure you're nice and kind to everybody. And as long as you're nice and kind, everything's going to go just fine. But what about those talents, those gifts and abilities? What am I to do with those? Just be a good person. And I would venture to say, many of us, that that was the dominant kind of conversation, if, if any at all. Be a good person. Don't be a jerk. Amen on that. But what about that whole other part? What about that whole other part? God wants us to protect and expand his possessions for the advancement of his kingdom. 
for his cause. We're going to answer the question in this, and you're already catching it. Whose talent is it anyway? Whose talent is it anyway? It's the Lord's talent. It is so much the Lord's talent that he will judge. He will judge us and give us rewards based on the talent he entrusted to us. Yes. You helped me preach this morning, Ryan. (laughs) This place of judgment. When you see this last verse, you don't have to, you, you can make a note of it. You don't have to show it on the screen. But if you look at the last verse, it says in verse 30, and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's not a reference to somebody losing their salvation. Don't, don't hear it that way. That has to do with what we're about to understand here called the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ. Y'all just say, repeat after me. The judgment seat of Christ. It talks about the appointed time when everyone who says that Jesus is Lord will meet with the Lord and give an accounting of how we used our life. Namely, in this sense, the talents, what we have been entrusted with. The judgment seat of Christ is just for those who follow Jesus. There's a whole nother judgment your Bible talks about that has to, it's the great white judgment that deals with the unbeliever. But this story, Jesus is dealing with the judgment seat of Christ and all those who have his indwelling spirit meeting with him one day to give an account for what has been done. And I want to tell you this, in case you're scared or in case you're nervous, this judgment seat deal is supposed to be a good thing. Because it's at the judgment seat of Christ where we are afforded rewards. That's what we see in the text. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done with how you managed what I gave you on my behalf. Well done. Here's this reward. Here, you get a reward. You get a reward. You get a reward. Some of y'all are too, too young or something. Y'all don't get it. Some of y'all are just old enough. <laughs> now, let's read a few scriptures that help us see. Uh, uh, this t- was funny. I had taken Pastor Mia out for her birthday. And at one point, we were looking at the menu. And uh, I said, babe, you should get this one thing right here. You know, I know what she likes. I'm such a good husband. And <laughs> you should get this right here. And I said, because, and she goes, well, what is this little, what is this little note beside the, beside the menu item mean? And I said, well, it means that, you know, um, consuming raw, raw uh, foods can hurt you, this, that, or the other. She said, how did you know that? I said, I read it. <laughs> it's at the bottom of the menu. And I want us to have that kind of attitude. I am not making up stuff for you to say. I want you to know, oh, I know it because I read it. I'm not doing folklore. I'm not borrowing from the other religions that have some similarities with Christianity this morning. I'm reading from the Bible. Yeah, the Bible. (laughs) The judgment seat of Christ. We see mention of it in Romans chapter 14, 10 through 12. 
For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. 2 Corinthians 5.10 reads as follows. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Somebody say judgment seat of Christ. Yep. This is a part of our future. If you have, if you have accepted Christ as your savior, this is the trajectory you're on. You are going to meet with the Lord and we're going to have this moment with him. And the scripture, his word gives us that this is supposed to be a delightful time. We're going to receive a response from him regardless if it's good or bad. But from this in Matthew 25, we see what his heart is. It is to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. You were faithful over a little. Now, take it all here. Come and reign and come sit with me. Somebody say judgment seat of Christ. Uh, I was talking with one of our folks a few weeks ago. And there's, I've kind of learned that just over the years of walking with Christ and just loving people, period. Uh, Christians, non-Christians, whatever, Buddhists, whatever, Muslims, whatever. Uh, sometimes people just ask you advice about things. And one of the things I find myself saying, regardless, but especially appropriate for us is, um, um, have you answered the balance question? The balance question. Um, I say, well, how does a bicycle get from point A to point Z or point A to point B? It gets there by balance. And it reminds us that in order to move wherever we want to go, there's got to be this understanding of what it takes to hold this bike up to get from this point to that point. It is easy to talk about talent and talk about do, 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 effort, 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 action, 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 and, and miss, um, and miss the other part of how that bike gets to where it's supposed to go, that opposing side, which is character. How we get there matters. How we get wherever it is the Lord is taking us, it matters. But I did this, and I did that, and I did this, and I did that. He says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I didn't know you. To take in the message of what it means of outworking talent, you, you got to look at character. You have to look at heart. And Jesus tells us about the heart position of um, each one of us as we are outworking outworking as we are doing the things that God has given us to do. This scripture is coming to me. You may not know it, but the concept is really clear. It says, for it is God's will 
to work in us. He said, brothers and sisters, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you for his good pleasure. That this bicycle's got an in and an out part, an in and an out, not a navel, but I'm using a bicycle illustration. God is going to work in me as I'm working out my things. And one of the things he gives us is in the Beatitudes uh, that we took a lot of time on, but it feels like at some point it'd be good to have an exhaustive recap. Because in those Beatitudes, Jesus is telling you how to flow in his kingdom. Just like in Matthew 25, Jesus is telling me and you how to flow in his kingdom, how to partner with him on every level, how to partner with him in our marriages, in our workplaces. When we are out and about, he's telling us how to partner with him, how to flow with him. He said, this is how you get where I'm taking you. And he gives us the Beatitudes. And some of you could, might, might be able to re- recite them because we, we, we learn those. I'm not going to put anybody on the spot. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not going to put anybody on the spot. But one of the the things he talked about is the way you get there, the way you use and exercise that talent is he said, I want you to depend on me. I want you to rely on me. He called it the poor in spirit. He said, as you're doing whatever you do, I want you relying on me 24-7. I want you counting on me 24-7. I don't want you forgetting about me when you're doing whatever it is that you're doing. I I, want to be focused and central in what's going on in your life. When you wake up in the morning, I want you to know it's me. When you go to bed at night, and everything in between. And he goes on in Matthew chapter 5. If you're not familiar with the Beatitudes, go check out those characteristics of the heart, posture, and position a believer uh, has when they are partnering with God. He tells you, uh, sometimes you're going to have to cry. He says, blessed are those who mourn. He says, uh, uh, somebody who's really partnering with me, somebody who's presenting themselves as one of my stewards. He said, you're going to cry on your way. So easy to sing. We go from glory to glory to never be the same. Never be the same. Oh, you take a sign. But there's a part of the song we're not singing. To go from glory to glory means I'm going from pain to pain to pain, struggle, struggle to glory, pain, pain <laughs> to glory, pain. Say, so you're going to cry sometimes. You'll say, God, it's so hard. The obstacles are so real. The walls in front of me are so real. I'm so frustrated. Why doesn't it just work this way? He said, oh, you're going to cry. That this is a part of the closeness with him and the partnership with him. And yet we do our best to stay from that position of vulnerability. We do our best to keep enough distance so that the only thing we let out is anger. So he goes on and on. I'm not going to exhaust him. But depending on your reading, he he gives you eight postures of the heart that will help you in character development so that whatever talent he's given you, you can actually be sustainable. You won't be like the old school call it flash in the pan. Here one minute, gone the next. You won't stay in power. It comes from the heart. 
what God is doing in the heart, what I invite God to do in my heart. Then he goes on and tells you about what you'll experience on this journey of banking his talent. He says, you're going to experience the kingdom of heaven. You're going to experience comfort. You're going to inherit the earth. You're going to be filled. You're going to see mercy. You're going to see God. You're going to be called the sons of God. You're going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. If you're not familiar, just go back and check, check out that Matthew chapter 5. Then he goes on to say, in Matthew 5, you, somebody say I. He said, you are the light of the world. What? A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. We ask the question, whose talent is it anyway? It's God's. We're going to give an account to him for it because he gave it to us. I can understand why some people might say today, I don't know how cool it is or in vogue it is. Some people might say today, well, I want to give thanks to God for this prestigious award. That is happening today, right? It got moved. Oscars are happening today? Okay. Y'all are just really thinking it in, really thinking about it. Somebody might give thanks to God. And I can understand why they would do that because God is the one who gives us the talent. I don't know if... They know the Beatitudes. I don't know if they live a life that is intentional to please God or not. I don't know about all that. But I know for me and mine, for Bridge Church, we are aware, we are learning and understanding what it means to be the full package. Oh, you're so good at X, Y, Z, but your character stinks. Real talk, right? Oh, you're so wonderful. You're so wonderful at that thing. But I don't want to do anything with you. (laughs) This third guy. Somebody say, hey, guy. What was going on with him? I could really relate with him. I'm not going to. I can really relate with the third guy. The third guy I'm referring to is the one who was given one talent. You say he, he got what God gave him and just put it in the ground. I like the ESV because it makes it real plain. It says he was afraid. He was fearful. And I just say, wow, here it is again. You have three folks You got this five talent, two talent, one talent. Two of them have this view of God that empowers them to multiply. That empowers them to get after it. And this one guy got the same instruction as the other two. He didn't get the same amount, not that it mattered. But the way he heard it, Shut him down. If I answer the question, whose time is it that, or talent, excuse me, whose talent is it? And God is the one who gives me this talent. If I answer this question and I don't 
see that God is good. And I don't see that God is generous. And I don't see that God is compassionate. We will waste our lives. That's what happens to this guy. He says, I know you to be a hard man. Bro, how'd you miss it? He gave you the stuff in the first place. How'd you just completely skip that he, the generosity? Somehow he couldn't see it. He was blinded. He couldn't see it. It was like, it was, it was like, instead of, it was like some form of entitlement, some type of victimhood. I don't know what his household was like. I don't know what his parents had told him. I don't know what the society or the culture around him was feeding him. But instead of seeing, oh my goodness, God has given me something, this guy just completely misses it and says, oh, you're, you know, God is, you know, oh, whoa, no. So I'm just going to take this. I'm going to play it safe and I'm not going to risk. And God, Jesus looks at him in the story and is like, you have missed my heart where are you this morning all this pressure all this pandemic stuff all these changes to your life and your workflow wearing a mask not wearing a mask vaccinated 18 boosters all the stuff (laughs) where are you Because if we're being real, life has a way. Jenny, it'll wear you down. And and, and you forget, you you forget the Lord's heart and you forget what you're really supposed to be doing. You, you, You forget that, oh, if you gave me talent, if you gave me something, you expect it to be developed. You expect it to be developed. You expect me to be skillful at whatever you've given to me. This is the practicality. You gave me this, so I'm going to work it. I'm going to enjoy it because I know what you're expecting. You're expecting me to do something good with what you gave me. You didn't give me a talent so that they could just rest or so that they could be buried in the ground. But you want me to work that talent so that what? So that you get the glory. So that people see, wow, there really is a wonderful God who gives wonderful gifts. God is bringing us into skillfulness of mindfulness of what he has entrusted to us. He's given you his word. He's given you his grace. He's given you the gospel. He says, what are you doing with it? Do you see how valuable the things are that I've entrusted to you? I loved it when you guys said, wow, 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 wow. And that's exactly what we're supposed to do because sometimes we get wearied. Sometimes we don't have home training and it's so easy to miss that what we have been given is valuable. So we treat it like trash. Oh, everybody can do that. Everybody can sing the song like that. Oh, well, they're already doing that on social media. Why should I even put my foot forward to do this, that, or the other? Oh, they've already got the fashion blog. Oh, they're already doing this certain. uh, He's gotten top salesman of the year in this region. This Oh, I don't. And so then we stop trying. And we find a safe space. We may not put it in the ground, but we get so... 
safe, where we're not risking, where we're not stewarding. And all it has to do with the right view of God. So how's that view of God thing going? When you're waking up, I don't know if some of you took the challenge. There were so many next steps we gave last week. Last week we said, well, you could say, Lord, thank you for the time that you've given me. I recognize that this time is a gift. Show me what to do with it. Some of you, you're taking inventory. You know about some things that God has given you. Talent-wise, God has given you. And, 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 and when you wake up in the morning, you say, Lord, thank you for what you've given me. Show me how to work this thing. I want to bless your heart and I want to bless people. Show me how to work this thing. Help me do it as a genuine disciple. Help me to understand it's really about you and your kingdom cause. That, Lord, as I'm being faithful to protect and expand what you've given me, people are going to see that and I would have influence with people. I can share the gospel with more people. I can help more people because, you know, our world loves talent. Our world loves any kind of talent. America's got talent. We love talent. We love talent. And it's not about waiting till you're on the stage accepting some awesome award. That's awesome. I'm sure that'll happen. I'm in our church over and over again because it's been happening. But it's about that heart that you know that God's given you what he's given you because he's making you trustworthy. And so I'm not going to fight against the process because he's using the process to make me. He's using the process to make me trustworthy. He's using that process to refine me. He's putting me in a place, those walls, those obstacles, those trials and those troubles. He says, I'm using these things to refine those talents I gave you. Not only will you be able to do what you got to do, but you have the character. People are going to see it's me. Because say, how does somebody with that background help people like that? And yet we're seeing it and we're going to continue. We're going to continue to see it. The struggle is part of how you get the reward. Don't avoid the struggle. Amen, somebody? Amen. <laughs> Becoming someone. Becoming someone that Jesus can see his reflection in. Boy, that just calms us down. It's like, oh, okay. There's more going on here than just the result. You actually want a relationship with me. You actually want a relationship with me. You're not just concerned about the results. The, the result, the outward results that everybody can see, touch all the tangible things that is so easy to get caught up on. But he said, my people are going to walk by faith. My people aren't going to be confused that, hey, there's a reason some things aren't happening. I'm working on the inside. So that when you step into certain positions, it's going to be clear. Oh, that's God. That's God. Just like we see in Matthew 25, if you don't use it, you'll ultimately lose it. But our father, his heart is compassion. 
He's got standards. We know that. We see him in the person of Jesus. Thank God that Jesus was perfect and took our wretchedness, took all of our shortcomings. Jesus, perfect. Hallelujah. He could meet the standard. Lord, when you look at me, look at me through the eyes of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, good old Christian theology. Come on. Thank you, God, for substitution that you don't see Dennis in his wretchedness, but you see, you see Jesus. You see his blood that satisfied your wrath. This makes it exciting for talent, huh? Y'all are getting real. Y'all are shouting real loud. Be quiet. You're shouting too loud. You're shouting too loud. God is making us uh, who he wants us to be. What a wonderful time in the year to take a moment and evaluate how we're leveraging our talents for God's kingdom, knowing that he's the one we're going to answer to. May you make bajillions of dollars and all that wonderful stuff because, because, be, somebody say because. because, because you want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. <laughs> Woo. You want to hear, Lord, it's just me and you. I'm dressing, and then let all the other stuff just come. You, how did you, how'd that happen? Well, honestly, I was just trying to seek the Lord, like, all the time. I didn't rely on my talent. Talent ain't enough. Not enough. It runs out. And then when it runs out, what you have in that character will come to the surface. And then you have folks who don't have relationship, and they got to do drugs, porn. They got to do all these things to keep themselves going because they don't have relationship. I'm going to invite you to stand. As the worship team comes, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for an understanding of the times. Continue to show us how to cultivate the kind of relationship with you that really matters, that translates over into practical decision-making, that translates over into the common welfare of a people. Lord, give us that kind of relationship with you that sees the small things as being just as important as the big things. Thank you for the army that you're raising up through this church by your spirit. That these ones, we would be called a people who are faithful over little and who can be entrusted with much. Oh, Lord, do what only you can do. That by your spirit, you build us up to strengthen your kingdom cause that your will be done. (laughs) Your kingdom come. Help us, tweak us, put us in alignment. Help us to see where we're off. And then help us to see what our response looks like so that we're just relying on you. And we're being intentional about the skill, skillfulness and the development of skillfulness that you expect from us and give us the grace to walk out. We bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen.